Welcome to the show. And today we are talking surfing, beer, coffee, and radio with Cape Town's veteran surf reporter and beer entrepreneur, Dion Bing. My name is Holger Meyer, and this is Beer World. Dion Bing, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Holger. Thanks for calling us, Durban. Durban's a bit messed up, as you might have seen. We've had some terrible, terrible rains, and it's really affected a lot of people. Fortunately, I'm okay. We're sitting high up uh, on the hills, and it's not so bad here. Yeah, I've seen lots of scenes of devastation, like the second time around. They're pretty, pretty swats, so hopefully they can help everybody out there. And uh, yeah, our winters have just started down here in Cape Town, where we do our super brew. Brew, that's what we hear about, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, Dion, we met about, I think it was about in 2015, I was at Banana Jam with a bunch of guys from uh, on, a, on a hops tour, and you were busy delivering beer to Banana Jam. Can you remember that? Yeah. No, I totally remember that. And it's interesting that Banana Jam was the place where we launched the beer and it was Bing's Brew. That's what we were doing there before um, <laughs> Greg did so many brews of his own that there were no more taps left at Banana Jam. So Bing's <laughs> Brew had to leave there. But <laughs> I'm going to start with that. It is what it is. And Greg's got amazing, amazing brews. And also, you know, one of the original Oaks to bring craft brewing back to Cape Town. So I've got to give a shout out to, to Greg. Um, sort of, you know, surfing and, and beer, that's his life. Surf, beer, travel. You've got to love his Instagram handle. <laughs> and I do love Banana Jam. It must be the top destination for any beer geek in the country. <laughs> but Dion, you also seem to be living the life. Surfer, radio jock, traveler and now beer. Um, tell us a little bit, how did you end up in the beer business? Uh, so, yeah, so B Banana Jam opened up a section for us because our son, Justin, pretty good surfer, represented the country quite a few times. We were doing a fundraiser and uh, geez, we were running out of options to fundraise. The enemy so many times you can get your mates back for a, you know, another auction and that. They say, no, I've just got to find a job, bro. We can't keep it. <laughs> so, so he said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a once-off batch brew, and uh, yeah, I just sell it to the, the same old oaks who don't realize we're doing another fundraiser to help the lighty represent the country over in Nicaragua, you know. Uh -huh. So uh, yeah, yeah. So we we brewed, brewed up a batch at home, uh, went down there, made up some labels with a mate of mine, did a couple of bottles, put some caps on. And, uh, yeah, we had a turnout of about, jeez, looking around that room, 50, 60 people. I mean, people love beer. You know, it's a great fundraising idea. Had a couple of giveaways, whatever. And hey, everybody came to the party helping out, Greg as well with Banana Jam. And, yeah, we raised 18, 20 grand out of the beer and bits and pieces, which allowed Justin to represent overseas. And that was the start of Bing's Brew. And what we thought was the end of Bing's Brew Pale Ale. <laughs> but that's where the story just started, eh? Well, so it wasn't, obviously it wasn't just a once-off. <laughs> well, it was meant to be. I've got enough on my plate, bro. I, <laughs> I do surf reports. <laughs> I've been doing radio down here forever. I do a bit of MC work. Uh, we've done, uh, what else have I got? Oh, I've got a video production company as well. 
Um, and yeah, sunscreen business, you know, distributing sunscreen. I mean, it was, it was a mess. It's like he gets back after doing well in, in Nicaragua and the Oaks are saying, Hey, where's the beer? So I said, no, you bought the beer. That was it. No, Avery, we want more beer. So, oh, for whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's fun, but it's just like, you know, it's just like another thing I, I don't have time for because we got to surf as well with the surf, so you want a bit of free time. Um, so anyway, so I thought, okay, cap in hand. I'm not going to do it in the bath anymore. I'm now going to try and lift it a level because, you know, who knows if the first batch of Bing's Brew is going to be the second batch of Bing's Brew, um, you know, with my sort of skills. So... Went around, looked at a couple of uh, smaller brewers, and Boston Brewery was was helping out a couple of let's call it well contract brewers, I suppose, you know. Yeah, a couple of couple of the big boys started there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look at them, and look at me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there we were at Boston Brewery. They were really lucky. We we came a couple of batches there, got it out there, started to move it, and then um. I think about the third batch in, they said, no, 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 we, we're getting rid of all the, the – the, look, they didn't call me rats and mice, but obviously I'm too small for them. Uh, wasn't enough volume, so they got rid of all the, the smaller contract brewers back then. Um, fair enough. Hey, they got a business to run. I'm just uh, <laughs> okay having a bit of fun down there. So Boston continued with their own brews and, and uh, yeah, with their own strategy, development plan. That was also what they called it five, six years ago. Um, so then, hey, <laughs> back knocking on doors. And at that stage, Woodstock Brewery was just starting out. And that's uh, Andre Fillion, hey? You started uh, contract brewing with Andre, and he does a lot of other contract brews. Yeah, so it wasn't as simple as that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Andre, can I contract brew? Bingo! We'd love to have you. No, 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 no. A couple of hoops there. Yeah. Now, early early days they were um you know trying to commission the brewery get it going and like cash flow super tight i mean you, you you know what it's like commissioning a brewery and you aren't moving any beer yet and it's like tight 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 times and you bought um, a brewery off the internet from china yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's difficult to read the instructions huh? yeah but but that uh Divalt and all the guys down there and they made good beer they they got it right they got it right but you know so i said hey well this is this is my plan you know and it was like a lovely plan coming from an oak that sponsored his lighty digger surfing but um possibly we could meet you in the middle and assist you uh, from a brewing perspective, you know, yeah. in, in the nicest possible way. I'm not, I'm not going to swear on, yeah. <laughs> on your podcast, but basically my, my recipe was crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, thank, and thank them for their brutal honesty um, for developing Bing's Brew back then. Um, and it has changed, I would say, at least 10 times in the in the seven years to what it is today. And it is the world's best pale ale. Unashamedly, I will shout it out here, but the world's best unavailable pale ale. <laughs> <laughs> if you are able to get your hands on a bottle or a taste from a keg, you will be blown away. But unfortunately, we know it's not about brewing great beer. It's about distribution. It's about 
all the other stuff. And I, and I think that's what a lot of people got stuck on, you know, that it's like, hey, you know, we can get a one or two million buck brewery. We sort of invest and then we'll make great beer because I, everybody loves beer. And then, oh, man, we've got to market, we've got to distribute, we've got to merchandise, we've got to da 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 And you sit there with a thousand liters of really great beer and, and make great friends, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that was the start with Andre and I'm still with Andre and and uh, the various brewers uh, who've been through their Etienne's brewing at the moment um, and it's just got it's just got better and better um, but yeah in the in the interim we we briefly touched on um, you know we went into into lockdown uh, which I mean for for everybody was hard but especially for micro brewers uh, you know, you don't you don't have the big bucks behind you to say, hey, we've got two thousand, five thousand liters here. It's expired. Let's let's hoy it down the drain, you know. Or being told, hey, the the lockdown, the the ban on alcohol consumption is over. So everybody thinks, fantastic, let's brew. <laughs> and then, oh, sorry, I know you've just brewed, but you can't sell it. Like, what is that about? <laughs> You know, it was just a, a shocker. I mean, uh, you know, how anybody managed to hang in. And we all know, sadly, how many people didn't manage to hang in because uh, of, of poor decisions. Um, so not from them, from, you know, not being able to brew and, and keep your staff and all that sort of thing. So thank goodness uh, Plan B came in where uh, Andre decided, hey, we've got these brewing kettles. Let's Let's make soup. Let's make soup. And... People were desperate. People were desperate. Never mind there's, there's people hungry every day. Now there's how many more people unemployed that need uh, at least one meal a day nutrition. Obviously, we need three meals a day, but if you can get something. So, yeah, I mean, it was a learning curve for everybody and pumps broke and everything broke and, uh, you know, but just push on and fantastic nutritional soup, the kind of people that came through the doors that were peeling carrots, that were from high-end Michelin star restaurants that were yeah. helping to develop to develop recipes that were nutritious, and from tying in with the city of Cape Town to say, hey, you know, how do we distribute it? It's like anything, you know, we've made great beer, how do you distribute yeah. it? We've made great soup, how do you get it to the person that's the hungriest? I mean, there's maybe there's a flood or a fire, and and there's an emergency desper desperation there versus, you know, the regular feeding scheme. So um, it, it was an intervention that came at the right time. And it, it obviously was onerous for the brewery to keep it going. But um, <laughs> there's no other option. People are hungry. You keep stoking those pots, keeping them going. And obviously there was a, um, a cash involved in keeping keeping the equipment or repairing the equipment or just making stuff happen. Um, and, and a lot of people came to the party every time there was a hurdle, there was a, there was an option to overcome it. Yeah. So um, the, the brewery was the, the base, but uh, lots of people got involved, whether they I, – I don't want to begin to name because lots of people got involved on a daily basis volunteering, you know. And, and obviously it had to be sustainable and – there is a process that could plug and play in any brewery globally because there are hungry people globally and 
it's not just Woodstock that came up with an idea. There are breweries gr- globally and there are hungry people globally. And it's as easy to clean a brewing kettle from grain as it is from from soup <laughs> from pumpkins <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the pumpkin ale came from <laughs> no not really not really so they've set up a standalone facility so now woodstock is back to brewing and uh the standalone facility is busy being commissioned um to continue with um what was learned the process that was learned okay. uh, to to continue providing food and millions of meals went out eh? not just a couple of hundred thousand millions of meals went out um, over that over that lockdown period, from an initiative started at Woodstock Brewery. <laughs> uh, Dion, so have have you guys recovered since since the lockdown? I mean, you obviously have a, a multiple streams of income, like they always say, um, but uh, with one drying up, um, what is the beer market like in Cape Town now? No, man, I you know it's always been a a bit of fun for me. Yeah. Um, I I do many things, and it's it's been a bit of a hobby. Um, I've, look, I've I've been the route of getting into into bottle stores, um, but it's it's a tough route. You're up against a lot of people, um, and you know you you can't compete against the big guys. Ba- basically, I mean, I was in a, a lot of pubs. Quite a few of those pubs closed down over the time, so yeah. it's just knocking on doors again. But you know the way it goes. I mean, it was this one big happy craft beer industry seven years ago, and then slowly you get various investors and and stakeholders and that, and and you start to wonder whether the original crowd have made a buck, um, or whether the the people with the big money are, are making more bucks. And the the original concept is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So ultimately, just have fun with your craft beer. But if you if you're a small brewer in it for the money. Um, you got a you got a snot club coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dion, how many how many outlets, how many taps have you still got in the trade? Ah, no, we got about six taps. Okay, and but but I I really I really think direct distribution, direct to the uh, you know the, the person at home is, is the way to do it, and, yeah. and obviously the, we we working on that in the background. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's an option online is always an option if you can sort out the, the delivery and the, and the licensing issues. Um, you know, you, you can make a buck if you, and I'm not saying, you know, to sustain a family and a house and a car and all that sort of thing, but you know, you, you go down to uh, beer fest and that sort of thing and you, you get your tap price, mm-hmm. you know, so you're selling it at a 30 bucks, 40 bucks a pint. Uh, then you can start start to cover a few costs for a bit of bit of pin money. But um, if you want to take it to, you know, national distribution into the stores with the merchandising, with the branding, with all the other cool stuff that goes with it, you need people involved, and you need uh, you need an investor. Yeah. Um, and listen, I've I've got the template. I know exactly how it's going to roll out. And, and we we're talking to a couple of people that are saying, listen, you've got a great beer, you've got a great brand. Um, you've ticked it over for seven years. What are you going to do with it? So I've always been, hey, man, I'll chuck 238 kilo kegs on my shoulders and I'll walk up the back stairs <laughs> and deliver. I've got no issue with that. But there's only so far you can get being yeah. a one-man band. And then you've got to sort of say, okay, all right, bring the oaks in. What do you want to do? How much involvement do you want from me? 
was probably better that I just sit down, shut up, and they run with it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I think that's the bottom line. We've got we've got great beer. We we've got a good brand, um, and we need to get it out so more people can taste it. Um, and for that, we need um, a bigger team to make yeah. it happen. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and that's expensive. And that's expensive. And I don't have that sort of cash to to, to chuck in yeah. to see, hey, is this going to work? But I think, you know, the people I'm chatting to are <laughs> clever guys, you know, they're like accountants. Um, <laughs> so, so so they look at uh, where, where you need to, to focus and spend and who's keen to, to take a brand somewhere. Um, I'm always happy to help where where, where I'm needed, but um, yeah, put the, put a good team together rather than just be a one man band. Yeah, Dion, how how much do you think has it helped that you that everybody knows you and that you're a personality? It's obviously opened a lot of doors, but uh, the doors don't stay open if you deliver, I guess, bad service. Yeah, so that's why I've kept it small. I can I'll, I'll only handle what I can personally yeah. handle. But but you're absolutely right. I mean. I luckily have been on radio for 30 years. It's added up various stations. Um, and my cell is definitely not that, uh, I'm a surf reporter, have you heard me on radio? I mean, geez, I want to puke. Influencer, under the influence. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but the reality is, I'll say, how's it? I'll sell beer on its merits, but if I can't get through the door, I'll leave my name. Yeah. And then somebody says, hey, bro. I listened to you driving the kids to school. They were that kid in sub A or yeah. grade one going to school and now they're a buyer or something like that, you know. And they say, hey, let's have a chat. So while, you know, it'll, it'll get you the meeting. It won't sort of automatically get you the order, but at least somebody's prepared to chat. And generally we chat about <laughs> surfing <laughs> and then forget why I was there in the first place. But um, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I mean, there's, there's – Good people out there. I love meeting people. And whether I sell my beer or not, that's secondary, you know? Yeah. To me, honestly, um, <laughs> it, sound, it sounds weird, but… It's just um, a lubricant. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and my mates love my beer. And, I'll, I mean, I, I take a keg around to a first birthday party and, and you know what it's like. You're a young parent and uh, you haven't seen your mates in a year. You've been down, you know changing nappies and, and, and feeding. And then all of a sudden I'm invited because like, whatever, I don't even know why I'm invited. Just we, we buddies with the, the new baby and you just got a sneaky little keg in the back and you arrive there. It's like the party is on, you know, <laughs> bring the beer. You life is good. So yeah. So, so that's where we at. Besides Woodstock, you've given a big wood, uh, shout out to Woodstock as a supplier. Have you got any other suppliers in the industry that um, that you use? I must say that the guys at the brewery are fantastic, as in, you know, helping to evolve the brewery. Rob Munro helps me a hell of a lot. Uh, he's got Cape Town Brewery. Um, he's got the most incredible nitro stuff that he's developed. Yeah. Um, and then he was the guy who said, hey, we need to change the game with a bit of sneaky mosaic hops. And I'm thinking, bro, I don't want to be another session IPA. You know, the IPAs, IPAs, IPAs. I want to be uh, somebody who's coming out of a castle light who's heard about craft beer and he doesn't want his palate blown away. I love IPAs. I mean, the California cater is like the world's freaking best. Yeah. Um, and – I'll drink IPAs, well, okay, not all day, I won't last all day, but I'll definitely have one or two of them. But my thing is 
there's still a massive market out there that don't drink craft beer. I want an easy drinking ale that is, you know, no, I don't drink craft. And they taste it. It's like, hang on, this is this is actually quite lacquer. Yeah. You know? So, so it, it gave a little bit of sexiness to to my regional um uh, English pale ale, which is now West Coast English, whatever, <laughs> Midwest pale ale. Um, but honestly, like I said at the beginning, you will not get a better pale ale. And hey, fight me for that, Padre. <laughs> you will not get a better one, but you can't get it. <laughs> and and you, you're not doing any other beers. You only got the pale ale. Okay, so how long we got here? Because um, I... I go to Mexico a couple of times and, you know, I mean, you've got the Modelo, you've got obviously Pacifico, you've got uh, Corona, all that sort of thing. And um, I've, I wanted to do a Mexican style lager, easy drinking and, and the brewers push back. I mean, that's the reality. They don't do <laughs> pee beer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to make. Eh? Yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't do Clear, like, no, they don't do beer like that. But I really still believe there's place for a light, easy drinking summer lager, uh, not Pacifico, but Atlantic O, you know? And uh, and I started with a whole, the whole promotional video. I was there in, in, on the, on the West Coast of Mexico drinking a Pacifico in my Hawaiian, not Hawaiian shirt, like a, a freaking hippie shirt. They're walking into the warm, What's it there? Pacific Ocean with my Pacifico until I disappeared under the water. <laughs> and the plan was to arrive in the same shirt out of the water down at like, you know, Tableview Bloberg Strand yeah. with the Atlantic O, you know, okay. <laughs> it left Mexico. Um, but the Atlantic O brew, which we did a like a 20 liter batch, needs a little bit more work. Okay. Needs a little bit more work. <laughs> But like you say, do I do more beers? We are trying. <laughs> and you've made the video. <laughs> We've got half a video. Uh, but there's, some, yeah, there's, there's something in the pipeline. But I mean, also, you don't want to make your life too messy. Now we've got extra bottles, extra distribution, yeah. extra labels, you know, move this stuff. It's like a whole nother level. So maybe I'll just stick to 20 liters small batches and come around to Woodstock Brewery when we when we crack a keg for, you know, for yeah. an evening type of vibe. <laughs> Yeah, tell us about the coffee. Related to surfing. Yeah. Who, you, who are you water. paying for now? Is it a fundraiser? <laughs> it's a fundraiser for me, bro. I haven't made a buck in 59 years. <laughs> surfing with a mate of mine, Kevin, and we've been chatting about coffee forever. And like I said, I want to have less stuff. Less is more. I, I, I do so much stuff that I juggle all the time. It's like, no, bro, I don't want coffee. It's just another animal. So then I thought, listen, We've had biblical failures with everything else up to now. Surely you've learned something, you know? And 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 I suppose what we learned entrepreneurially, like I said earlier about, you know, getting more people involved and in getting the beer somewhere, is build up a team from the beginning. Don't just try and go it alone and then <laughs> make the same mistakes that you've always made. So we've firstly we've got a great team making the coffee, roasting. Packing, and and we've got like a team on the online side. I've just been meeting with people on the distribution side. So, and I'm already in in a in a in a, a, a shop, the spa down at the Elfin there, 
And they're saying, hey, we need you in more shops. I'm saying, I'm learning here. I'm learning by the day on online. I'm an online mix of promoting, you know, local targeting, um, boosting everything for an area relates to actual people going through the door and picking it up. And what does it look like on the shelf? And then you start to learn about the merchandising wars and all that sort of thing, you know, and shelf space and all the rest of it. But I, I've got a great team on board on the coffee side that I'm way more comfortable that we can take it places based on the, <laughs> the previous experiences <laughs> of things that, that went nowhere. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, maybe we should start entrepreneurial classes or something like that. I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I have no issues with failure. Absolutely nothing. I, I enjoy it when there are these small successes, but, um, you just got to keep on keeping on, eh? And, and, and something's got to give. Something's yeah. got to give. Something's got to give. And, and are, are there learnings from the coffee that you can take back to the beer? Yes. I think, I think both are, are, are going to work in conjunction now. What I'm learning out of the – and it gets back to pick a good team. Okay. Pick people with strengths in areas that you need. Um, and obviously, you've got to look at your costings, that there's enough margin around for everybody yeah. and that you don't price yourself out the market. And and unfortunately, I think on the beer side, it's it's just getting more and more expensive to to make a quality beer yeah. that and, – and with the market out there, make a quality beer that people are going to pay 35 bucks for, for one bottle of beer uh, for 40 mil – where I could buy myself a quart of lion, which I do at what's it, fourteen bucks. Yeah. You know, you got to have a really good selling proposition, um, and obviously we understand it's not all about the volume and, and and that sort of thing. But there are people who are sitting around a bry that want to have a couple of beers and and thirty five bucks. You know, but then again, it it could be like the wine drinking kind of thing, mm. where when I go into a shop. And I'll try something new. What do I try? You know, so people won't buy 12 Bing's brews. They'll buy two. Mm. And they'll buy, hey, I haven't tried the new Devil's Peak or I haven't tried the new Kelly or I haven't tried the new whatever it might be, you know. Um, so mix, mix, it, mix it up a bit. And I think that's – you would know better than me, but, I mean, I think that's how people buy their, yeah. their craft beers. Yeah. And I think there was a bit of a hiccup when – Everybody, not everybody, a lot of people got involved in craft brewing, looked at the margins they could make, but still didn't have the input at the bottom end, and a lot of crap beer came out yeah. that didn't have a shelf life, that that was variable, that was all kinds of bad stuff. And then all of a sudden, you got a Trappist ale at, you know, 35, and you got Dave's Garage ale at 34. Mm. And it's like, hang on, now people were a little confused as to what was a good beer. Um, and and then they paid the 35. I know I did. And I said, geez, let's try this out. And it wasn't great. And it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, now it's it's not great, great for the industry. Then also, obviously, for the big players, SAB, if people are paying 35 bucks a beer, hey, we've got a place to play here, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know what they would pay for a pint of beer when they're making it, you know? I mean – how many hectoliters are coming out of there? 
Dion, you as as a as a storyteller and as a as a producer, how how have you used that to promote your beer? Have you done that, or is it just been word of mouth? No, I've I've, I've definitely done that, um, but but built it into being authentic. Yeah, you know, it's just it's not what was it. I don't want to name a brand, but I mean, with that, that hard sell kind of thing, you know, I'm drinking a Bingsbury. I'm super stoked. We used it to send our son overseas. You've got to have a taste of it. Um, you know, use it, don't use it kind of thing. Yeah. It, it honestly is part, part of my lifestyle. Beer is part of my lifestyle. And if I'm filming a lack of sunset or the dolphins are out there, we're going well watching. We're just parking off on the beach, cracking a beer. Um, oh, who does that? Are you allowed to drink on the beach or whatever? Um, but yeah, that's that's the storytelling. It, yeah, it, 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 I mean, beer's a lifestyle kind of brand, man, and that's why that's why I thought, and it does, it fits into the surfing lifestyle, no question. Yeah, um, you know, so so definitely built built the story in, but but not overtly. You know, you just it, it's it's part of what I do. Yeah, it's part of what I do. So it just slips but in. It, it slips in there, but 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 what, what's interesting is. <clears throat> I think the Oaks like, and and it's true. I mean, if I'm if I'm carrying a freaking keg, or there's ten kegs and there's three on the front seat that I've strapped down and I've got a delivery at this place and I'm I'm waiting behind three trucks, you know, slipping on on potato skins and carrots out the the back the back door kind of thing as they're getting rid of their waste. Um, <laughs> it's a story. Yeah. I mean, you know. You, you've got the pretty story at the front end where you, you've got the you know the barman serving you an ice cold pint with a great head, but in the back we're shitting off there trying <laughs> to get it through, through the delivery up the up the back stairs, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say I know I know it front front to back, and I and I honestly I enjoy every part of it. I have no issue hanging out with. All, all sides of the coin, whether we having to, you know, jump over 40 empty kegs to try and find mine at the back there because I've got to get my kegs back to the brewery or whether it's doing a promotion and I'm the MC for the evening promoting Bing's Brew. I, I've got no sock yeah. where, wherever we need to fit in, you know. Yeah. Dion, for, for the non-Capetonians, where is the best place to drink your beer and where do you get the most – Name some of your good retail partners. Look, we we only now in at we got to start again. Eh? So we in at the spa at the Elfin. We got the coffee at the front and the beer at the back. <laughs> <laughs> so it helps with the petrol deliveries. Um, if we're driving out to the thirsty scarecrow, that they, they they're great they, guys. They're eh? great. They fantastic, uh, Ivan and Kelly, and then they they really looked after us and a, a couple of good. Um, Woodstock beers out there. Um, Mojo Market, I mean, that's picking up again now that they can do it. Um, Claremont Cricket Clubhouse, um, I mean, they've, they've supported me. Fantastic. The, oh, my goodness. It's, it's really, really good beer. But, jeez, I, I, I remember I was in, a, in, in one, of the, one of the, I'm not even going to say where, one of the, the pubs, and there was a spare tap. So I phoned the Oaks who own the tap. We've got a brand on the other one, beautifully branded. And, you know, the beer's great. Not going to knock it. And I phoned him. I said, hey, Brew, I see there's a spare tap. You know, I'll help clean the tap, whatever. You know, you've got a space for me. So, but they're big, Brew. They, they've got, you know, they're big and they're growing. I won't mention the brand. 
I might just. <laughs> and they say, listen, you know, you, you're a bit of a competitor in the market for, for the space. I hate that word, you know, as we pivot into the new space. Ah, um, uh, sorry, but there's just, just no, no space for you. I'd, I'd love to help you, but sorry, but no. So that's fine. You know, understand, you know, I've got three taps globally and I, I must be a huge threat. Um, so, <laughs> so, 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 so uh, about a year later, a mate of mine down at the, at the Toad, we were like, no, it took early days of, of getting craft beer in down there. Also, awesome pub. I get a, a corner space at the bar there, got my tap in there. And uh, hey, it's going great. And I get a little call from the same oak that I phoned a, a year before. He says, Dion, I see you've got a corner space here. I was just wondering if we could, you know, maybe share something. I'll help with the cleaning taps and deliveries and that sort of thing. <laughs> so, 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 so I said, I don't know if you remember a conversation exactly a year ago where you said, listen, I'm a bit of competition. How do you feel about that? It's like silence. So I said, Brew, I love everybody in the industry. Of course you can have a tap. Pull in. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we shared a tap at the at the toad and they cleaned it for me and everything everything was perfect. So um yeah, there's I mean I, there's lots of behind the story scenes where I arrived and I had six pubs in a nice big chain. And um, you know, I mean six yeah, six pubs in a chain, so Two, two kegs a week, and then I'm arriving. How's it? Um, Bing's Brew Order. Oh, sorry, we don't stock you anymore. What do you mean? <laughs> Just here? No, no, all six of them. What do you mean all six? No, um, has bought the, you know, they've owned the taps now, and they're putting all six of their brands on it, and please, there's just no more space for you. Never mind, you've been with us from the beginning. You service the taps. You've got a fantastic beer, but money talks, and yeah. <laughs> Bing's Brew's got to walk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's how you say, you know, involved in other things and other income streams. You've got to have other income yeah. streams if, you, if you're going to be playing in the beer industry, Brew. <laughs> yeah, oh, wonderful. You do the surf report for Book Radio. What is what is Book Radio? And I saw a photo of you with beer at Book Radio, so that concerns me. <laughs> so it's an amazing concept. Um, Book Radio have the Heroes Pub next door, where we've got Bing's Brew in the fridge as well, and so people can come and have breakfast. Okay, no, they can have breakfast and watch the morning show, and then in the evenings they got local artists jamming on stage, and they you know can have a pint. And then watch the evening sort of broadcasters do their thing. So it's a, a broadcast studio and a, um, and, a, and, a, and a pub at the same time. That's interesting. And w yeah. w where is it? It's out sort of, uh, what do they call it? K Cape Gate. Cape Gate. Sort okay. of on the Brockenfell N1, N1 route there. How long has it been going? Um, they've been going a, a good, good few years, but uh, a community station that's growing and growing. Um, and their online listenership is, is huge as well. Um, and then, yeah, the beer's also out at Ben's on the beach. You know, every now and again, the restaurant out there gives me a call. But I actually think it's the, the two owners that, you know, order six, six cases each and then take it <laughs> home. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, that's, like I say, it's, a, it's an unbelievably good beer, but we just can't get it for people to taste, you know. <laughs> And yeah. is the online thing active now? Can people buy a beer online? Uh, yeah. So, so you talked about the synergies between the coffee yeah. and the beer. Um, 
a lot of that is now going to be happening. So I would say there's a, let's call it a six-month strategy for the okay. beer. Look, two, I mean, we're talking one month is easy for the online stuff, but but a different kind of of uh, strategy. I mean, we've got beer, we've got a brand, but it's uh, <laughs> we, nobody's getting the beer or the brand. So, so that's part of that strategy with the right partners now. And, 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 and people are chatting and lovely people that I'm happy to work with. And then like from the coffee side, it was almost like online is where we have to be with the smaller uh, physical presence. So that I would say is like a, even one month turnaround where, where that's going to, you know, uh, get into its, into its stride. So, and then as, as you say, there are synergies that you're learning because, you know, there's, like distribution that you learn and 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 install branding and support and all that sort of stuff, um, and pricing. Pricing is always important, you know. If, if there's if there's enough in it for for everybody to, yeah, yeah. get involved. Yeah. And Dion, where where are you based? Where's home for you? In town? Uh, yeah, I'm based in Cape Town. Okay. Um, but I was. I was remote working long before COVID, you know. So, <laughs> so I'm I'm happy. I'm happy wherever you got a laptop or, or okay. uh, even if you got to use data. So, so home is anywhere. Um, but ultimately, yeah. I mean, you know. And do you just Google? You, 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 you just Google the surf report, and then. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? I'm, I mean, I I've done the radio surf report live on air at half past seven. In the evening, in Hawaii, because it was half past se- well twenty past seven in Cape Town. It's exactly twelve hours difference. So twenty past seven in Cape Town was the um, surf report, and we were in Hawaii, <laughs> and we phoned it through from there. We I've done it from the back of a New York cab. I've done it. Listen, I've done it from uh, day of, you know not day of the dead. They got like week of the dead. Let's call it uh, over in Mexico from a graveyard. Um, so. This, the, the report will go through, Rue. doesn't matter where you are in the world. <laughs> I don't know. I can't vouch for how correct it is, but the report will go through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's been lovely chatting to you, Dion. Um, yeah, I look forward to connecting with you when I'm in Cape Town next time, and uh, hopefully we can have a pint of Bing's Brew or a Bing's Coffee Brew. Yeah, <laughs> we got so many options, and who knows what else I might come up with, you know, who knows what else I might come up with. But definitely we're going to have a Bing's Brew, and hey, we must check in in about six months and see if my, my plans have come to fruition, or uh, yeah. I'm down to one, one tap and, and a case of beer in my bedroom, man. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our stories here online. In the show notes, you will also find a link where you can subscribe to become part of our community and be notified when we upload our latest content.